Hey everybody, this is Brother Frank and welcome to another episode of the Remnant Call. It is time to blow the trumpet in Zion. You hear the song uh, since this show has started because it means something. Something blowing the trumpet is not just simply talking about it, but it is hearing the sound and then actively doing something about your walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. We don't need people to simply raise their hands, do a hallelujah. We need people who actually are willing to take action in this hour because there are souls of men and women that need to know the good news. And so tonight I'm excited with our family members that are coming back on. I'm tired. I'm not calling them guests. Yes, their family. We got Brother Benjamin coming on. And then here in a little bit in the program, we're going to bring the Johnsons back on, our extended uh, Panama family. And listen, folks, the people ask, there was some recent questions on some programs. I get messages. When do we leave? What should we do? I'll tell you when to leave. You leave exactly when the Lord tells you and not one second later. But you need to be listening. The Johnsons heard the call and they obeyed. And I'm telling you what, folks, you might be surprised. You might end up down where they're at one day. So you're going to want to listen into what's going on down with the Johnsons in Panama because these are tumultuous times that we are in. If you haven't noticed, everything right now is so absurdly bizarre. The evil is now called good and the good is called evil and it will not get any better. We need to take action. Action now. So with that, I'm going to bring on our guest and we're going to start with some prayer as soon as he comes on here tonight. Brother Benjamin, are you here with us? Can you hear me now? Yes. Amen. Praise okay. God. Brother. <laughs> Hallelujah. This is so wonderful, folks. Benjamin's voice is now so clear uh, doing this over a microphone, <laughs> not over dial up on a tele. Brother, you have been a dial up phone interview warrior for years and now right at the very end of time you've got high speed internet praise the lord jesus we'll use it while we can brother glad to have you on here with us tonight <laughs> well thanks frank great to be back on remnant call and praise the lord what an exciting time Amen. the world just gets more fun every day doesn't it it does and brother i want to just mention something before we get too far into this program that i don't want i want to make sure we don't forget you have a new youtube channel folks we've linked to it in the past program benjamin's on we want you to go to this channel now there was a benjamin baruch official it's unofficial now because it's still his but they're not that channel is not in uh, production there is a new channel and benjamin tell people how they can find it and we're going to link to it so don't get me wrong but if you want to go to youtube benjamin what's the best way for them to search your channel well, you could uh, type in the day of the Lord is at hand, or you could just type in my name, Benjamin Baruch, and you'll see the day of the Lord is at hand channel come up. Or you could go look for some of the recent programs. The, um, the program Everyone, which is the latest, uh, is a must hear program. Everyone needs to listen to this word. And it's a Rima word that's come forth. Uh, I am astonished by the amount of revelation that the Lord is bringing forth in this late hour, but this is the time for the books to be unsealed. And so I would encourage everybody, you know, it's time for us to just go into our prayer closet, close the door behind us 
and get into the place of prayer and praise and worship. And it's also time to open our hearts to the real word of God, the spirit breathed words of God. But it's also time to turn off the talking heads of Babylon who are bringing really a spirit of fear with them. And if you spend too much time in the listening to the men of this age, you're going to be caught up in the same fear that has captured them because you know, the, Ultimately, the world is growing increasingly afraid, particularly the people in, in the United States of America. There's a, uh, an epidemic of fear and stress in the land, and, and you want no part of that deception. That's the, that's the portion of the wicked. The wicked shall become afraid, but the righteous shall be as bold as a lion in the day that is upon us. Praise God. Benjamin, now, one last thing, folks. If you can't find his YouTube channel, it's no problem. It's is it benjaminbrook.com or .net? Uh, well, .com will forward to .net, but the okay. actual channels .net. Okay, yes. Yeah. So benjaminbrook.com or .net. Just that's all you got to remember. If you don't remember anything else, benjaminbrook.com. Go there, and you can link to the YouTube channel and everything that's going on, folks. You want to stay engaged. And right now, I just was listening to testimony from the Johnson family about this last word, saying, "Why haven't I listened yet?" Well. If there's anybody that's been a fan of Benjamin Brook or been a faithful brother and 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 uh, been there for a long time, it's been me. I would argue to say that there's probably not a person who's listened to Benjamin more than I have over the last 20 years. So, but I have been through so much stress of Babylon. I haven't missed the last program, brother. I'm not going to let that program go. I'm going to get on that and listen to that episode right away, because if they're telling me it's that good, folks, you don't want to miss it. And I'm not just saying that, but I know Benjamin enough to know that if it's a must listen and he's saying that we need to get out there and hear it because this is the hour brother. I know that God's been laying a lot on your heart right now about what's going on and everything in this world and the revelations. So I'm just going to ask that we could open up with a word of prayer. I'm going to ask you to lead out, Amen. brother, and then let's just go where the Lord leads Amen. you. Amen. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Father, in Jesus' name, we lift our hands. We enter your courts with thanksgiving. We enter your gates with praise. And we lift up the name of the Almighty One. We lift up the name of our beloved Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yeshua HaMashiach. And Father, we exalt you, Almighty God, Elohim, Adonai. Lord, we come in Jesus' name and we dedicate this time, we dedicate this program, we dedicate this word and this microphone. Lord, everything in our lives ultimately belongs to you, but we present ourselves and our voice we present our hearts. We present all that we have in this window of time. And Lord, we, we come and we bring it to you. And Lord, I thank you that in, in the prophecies, you've made promises to restore to your people the things that Satan has stolen. That in this last day, in this last hour, you're going to restore to your remnant the things that the locusts have eaten, the things that have been robbed, the things that have died. Lord, you're going to bring everything back. And you've even promised to restore unto us double. Well, Lord, I thank you for the restoration of all things. And I thank you for your gracious 
mercy, your loving kindness to restore unto us double all that we've lost. But Lord, we want to restore to you double as well. For the time that you lost, for the time in our lives when you should have been first, when we should have been awakening in the morning and entering our prayer closet with a first fruit offering. And we ran off this to run after the cheese of Babylon. And we were so out of order. Lord, we should have put you first in all things. We should have put you first in every way and every day. But Lord, I want to restore to you double, a double portion of our love, of our thanksgiving, of our commitment, of our zealotry for your word, of our dedication to following you in spirit and in truth. And so, Lord, we can do nothing apart from you. We're going to need your help to do this, Lord. But it's in our hearts to bless you, Lord, even as you've purposed to bless us as your people. You're a good God. You're an awesome God. Lord, we want to bless you as well. So we offer this program tonight as part of our blessing to you, Lord. Let your spirit lead and let whatever word, Lord, you want to bring forth, let it come forth because, Lord, I really don't have anything. (laughs) I don't really have anything prepared at all, Lord, other than to come in Jesus' name and to say, Father, we've gathered together in the name of Jesus. And you've promised whenever your people that are called by your name gather in the name of your son, Jesus, there you would be in the midst of us. So come, Lord, take your rightful place. Lift up your name. Empower us by your Holy Spirit. Let a rima word of truth come forth and touch the hearts and the lives of the listeners. And Lord, I pray for our listeners. I pray, Lord, that your word of truth would renew their minds. I speak to the minds of the listeners even now, and I say, be thou renewed. Let the washing of the Holy Spirit come forth upon you. Let your mind be renewed. Let those, the the old thought patterns of of fear and the thought patterns of of defeat and the thought patterns of, of unforgiveness and bitterness and woe We take those to the cross. That's all part of the Adamic nature. And and our Adamic nature died in Jesus. When you died, Lord, our flesh nature died with you. And we appropriate the power of your death to bring new life in us. So I pray for the renewing of the mind. And I also pray for a breaking of generational curses. I break them. In Jesus' name, I command them to be broken. We take the generational sin of our families, the generational sin of our loved ones, the generational sin that we even contributed to. And Father, we come boldly before the throne of grace and we repent in this hour. We say, Lord, if that offer of repentance is still available, we want in on that deal. We want to repent before you utterly. Lord, we want all these sins to go back so many generations. Lord, we want them nailed to the cross. They were nailed to the cross. And let the death of Jesus bring death to these curses that they would no more plague or afflict your people that are seeking your face in this time. So, Lord God Almighty, 
subdue our iniquities, forgive us our sins. And Lord, to the extent we need to confess our sins one to another, then I pray your Holy Spirit would convict each of us and that you would make a way that we would have a trusted brother, a trusted sister that we could repent to openly, honestly, brutally, honestly. At the same time, Lord, I rebuke the spirits of condemnation. I rebuke the spirits of death and despair. I rebuke all of Satan's lies off of this people. Satan, you are bound and the Lord rebukes you and I rebuke you as well. You let these people go. In Jesus' name, you take your hands off of their lives. You depart, you leave their dwelling places and you leave their families alone as well. We plead the blood of Jesus over them. Are they not brands plucked from the fire? Therefore, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. Even the Lord Jesus Christ, who has defeated you through the power of his death and resurrection. Indeed, even now the third day has come and the Lord is getting ready to rise again in the remnant of his people. Therefore, we stand in agreement with the scriptures of truth and with the testimony of Jesus, which is the true word of prophecy. The Lord rebuke you, Satan. Lord, I pray that these curses that are now illegal because these sins have been repented of. I pray that these curses would be removed. I command them to lift off the people for they are illegal. They're no longer valid. Therefore, the curse causeless cannot remain. I command it to be removed from their lives. And in their place, I speak blessing in the power of Jesus' name, the blessing of healing and of forgiveness and of a new beginning and of faith restored, and of hope kindled, and of an anointing without measure coming upon the camp of the remnant, Lord. People look to you. I look to you this day. I thank you, Jesus, for your awesome work in us, which you have promised to complete unto the day of, of your Father, unto the blessed day, Lord, you've promised that you would finish the work that you began in each of us. And I rejoice, Lord, to know that day draws near. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Well, praise God. I just felt led to engage in a little warfare over our audience tonight. Amen. And over the people that have gathered. I've, you know, been a lot of new messages have been coming forth. I've, I've been every morning I get up. Uh, typically about 5 a.m. and I go in my prayer loft and and um, the Lord's been meeting me powerfully and and each day he's been giving me it's almost daily that I'm getting new revelation new new teachings that are astonishing and uh, and at the same time you know there, there's a a group of people that have been greatly encouraged, but a number of them are, are reaching out, crying out for prayer, crying out for help, crying out for deliverance. And, you know, I'm here to encourage you. We are standing in the gap for you. I'm praying for you, the remnant prayer army, the, the true intercessors that the Lord is, has appointed. We're praying for you. And be encouraged. The day of redemption is drawing near. So hallelujah. And is the world not changing quickly, Frank? This is kind of amazing, yes. isn't it? 
It is changing quickly, and I'll tell you, folks, um, this every day is something new. We just witnessed our president get punked, tested, and fail before the Russians and the Chinese. It was it was embarrassing. It's horrible, but it is a harbinger of what to come. These tests, these hacks, these ransoms, these everything, these are tests, and the weakness are basically our skirts have been pulled up before the world to be seen, brother. That's the way I feel right now. Amen. And you know what? On that topic, Frank, I, I actually got one of the most incredible messages of I'm just astonished at what's coming forth out of the spirit of God in this hour. And, and I'm working, I'll be producing a message called standing in the gap, uh, which should be up in a day or two. And it's a teaching out of Ezekiel chapter 22. For those of you that are, that plan to be listening to um, this message, when it comes up, you might want to read Ezekiel 22 uh, beforehand, familiarize yourself with it. I'm going to touch on just a few things right here, right now, but in, Ezekiel 22, starting in verse 1, the word of the Lord came unto the man of God, saying, Now you, son of man, will you judge? Will you judge this bloody nation? Yes, you will show them all of their abominations. Then shalt thou say, Thus saith the Lord God, this nation that has shed innocent blood in its midst, her time has come, and she's made idols against herself to defile herself. And now this land is defiled and you have become guilty. You've been found guilty in the blood of the innocent that you have poured out in your cities. You have poured their blood out in your abortion clinics. You're pouring the blood of the innocent out even now in the streets as violence is reaching a new fevered pitch. The red horse of war is causing men to go insane. And people are doing un provoked acts of violence upon each other for simple reasons of their skin color being different. And you've defiled yourself and you're guilty of this blood and you've caused your day of judgment to draw near. And you've come even to the end of your years. Your time has expired. Your 70 year rule over the nations, it is done. And now your judgment is come. Therefore, I have made you a reproach unto the heathen, unto the goyim, and you are mocking before all of the countries of the world. And that word for mocking is kalash, and it literally means you're being ridiculed. Frank, the citizens and the leaders and the nations of the world, they're mocking the United States. At one time, we were the shining city on a hill. 50, 60 years ago, people looked at America And it was held in such high esteem. It was a land of righteousness. It was a land of justice. It was a nation of freedom. And all of that has gone by the wayside. It is a nation of delusion. It's a nation of defilement. It's a nation of violence and a nation filled with blood guilt from the shedding of innocent blood. And as the Lord is now readying the judgment upon this country, He's made us a reproach before the heathen. And we are being mocked by all the countries. And is that not today, Frank? Absolutely it is. We have given the enemies of God a reason to scoff because we claim his name, yet we do not lift him up or behold his ways anymore. 
and it gives we we are a mockery and it's it's a shame it is astonishing um you know the average american is kind of blinded i mean they've been well literally they've been put to sleep if you if you want to read about the judgment coming upon our country i direct you to jeremiah 1551 and in in jeremiah 15 and and in 51 the lord talks about putting the the people to sleep. He, he, he says, I'm against you, O most proud. And you know, I mean, what nation is number one in their own eye? We're the great, we're American exceptionalism. We're the most high. We're the greatest nation in the earth ever. You know, that's our illusion. And yet it's, it's not even true. The Lord has placed sleep upon the people to where they no longer even understand reality. Jeremiah 51 verse 39, in their passion, in their lust for pleasure, in their addictions, and in their perversions, I will make their feast. They're reveling in their evil, and I will make them drunk, intoxicated, that they may rejoice and sleep a perpetual sleep. And they will not awake, saith the Lord. And I will bring them down like lambs to the slaughter. How is America Babylon become an astonishment? And, and that's what we are. The nations are astonished to see our corruption, to see the feebleness of, of this usurper in chief who's falling down. I don't know Three times he fell down uh, trying to walk up the flights to to board Air Force One. And as you said, Frank, it, it, was a, it was embarrassing to watch the performance at the G7 and, and the performance with, uh, in front of Putin. It was truly embarrassing. And, you know, the day that, I don't know if you remember um, when this guy fell three times walking up the, walking up the uh, I do, the, the steps. Mm -hmm. You saw that? Yes. Frank. That was March 21st, 2021. That was the end of America's 70th year. And she fell three times before all the world couldn't lift herself up. Get ye down, O daughter of Babylon. Even as your, your foolish leader fell three times, on his knees and on his face before the whole world, so too this nation shall shortly fall. And this judgment is already upon us. But, you know, it's astonishing how we have been deceived. And yet the American people, the majority of them, they just want to go back to normal. They don't care about any of it. And, you know, if you, if you really want to look at the reality, I mean, what, our federal deficit has increased by $8 trillion in the last year. I mean, they're blowing, they're blowing up the currency. And that was a strategy Napoleon used when he would want to destroy an enemy empire. He would try to counterfeit their currency. And if he could destroy the value of their money, he could destroy their economy. And as he destroys the economy, he destroyed their ability to, resist militarily. You can't wage defensive war if you're bankrupt. And so, you know, here in the United States, we're, we're rushing down the road to bankruptcy because, you know, today the U.S. dollar is the reserve currency of the world. And so we're, we've been 
able to print it with impunity and the rest of the world continued to accept dollars in exchange for their goods and services, which they export to us. And that was sort of a game of musical chairs. It made a lot of sense in 1945 and in 1950. The game was getting a little tired by the late 1960s when Nixon closed the gold window. And then Kissinger and Nixon came up with the petrodollar. And, and so they created an, a new Ponzi scheme to allow this massive creation of external debt denominated in U.S. dollars. And, and so America over the last 40 years has exported probably at this point, I would venture to say somewhere between 10 to 15 trillion in U.S. dollars that are recirculated through the euro dollar market, which is a banking uh, system inside the European countries that recirculates U.S. external dollars that are the U.S. US external debt. Well, you know, that's all well and good until the nations of the world decide they want to stop accepting dollars. And Russia did exactly that a few weeks ago. So, you know, here we are. The, the daydream is about to end. You know, living beyond your means and, and importing trillions of dollars of goods and services from the rest of the world, paying for it with just printed paper money. That whole game is over. And, you know, it's... um. I know it's hard for people to believe, but when something no longer works and when something no longer makes any sense, eventually it will stop. And it won't happen anymore. And so we will no longer be living beyond our means. We're headed for a cataclysmic collapse. And Frank, I just, I, I wanted to touch on a couple other things. If you have any, you want to make a comment on I'll, I'll take a breath for a moment. Well, I, I do want to say one thing. It's interesting. My brother-in-law um, in Texas it works for one of the largest dealers in his particular car brand in, in the country. And he told me, and I confirmed this today with another car dealer, that in four months, all vehicles are now are, have gone up $5,000 across the board. So everything you talk about inflation, things that are going up. Every vehicle has increased five grand that my truck is selling for $5,000 more with higher mileage than when I bought it a year ago or at the beginning of the year. Oh, sure. Used, used. I mean, it's, it's outrageous. It's the devaluation of our dollar. It is. Today, there are 30% more U.S. dollars in circulation inside the country than there were a year ago. And, you know, the simple math is the value of the dollar should fall by about 25% as a result of that. And so, yeah, we are in the midst of a complete collapse of our country. And, you know, Frank, I recently finished a book. Uh, this is actually written by a Russian military analyst, Andrei Martyanov, M-A-R-T, Marty, and then A-N-O-V, Anov, Andrea. Marty Anoff. And the book's title is The Real Revolution in Military Affairs. And it's, it's, it's quite an eye-opener on the changing balance of power that has occurred over the last 30 years. Since we, um, since we allegedly won the Cold War, uh, we lost the arms race that followed. And today we are hopelessly behind. And I'd just like to read a couple of things from this book. Um, the first, um, just sort of a, a 
a general comment. Modern day America lives in a full-blown artificial reality. The American people are living a daydream. They're living in an illusion. What they believe about the world isn't even real. One of the more brilliant American social thinkers of our age, a man by the name of James Howard Kunstler, K-U-N-S-T-L-E-R, whose work I absolutely love, one of my favorite authors, he said this, how to account for Americans being the most anxious and fearful and stressed out people among all of the supposedly advanced nations? How do you account for the fact Americans are the most depressed and stressed of any people on the earth? Do we not live in the world's greatest democracy? Aren't we entering the progressive liberal utopia where everyone's dreams can come true? What if the dreaming part is what's actually driving us insane? What if we've engineered a society in which fantasy has so grossly, grotesquely even, hidden reality that coping with the reality of daily life is now nearly impossible? What if an existence that's now being medicated by the pixel screens, large and small, that everybody stares into all day long, presenting a virtual world that's more compelling than the real world, turns out to be a contagious avoidance behavior until reality is so fugitive that we no longer can discern its colors or its outlines beyond these tablet screens. It's impossible for the average Joe to, to cope with the reality of our country anymore. The only way to escape is the dopamine intoxication of social networks, sports and entertainment, and increasingly degenerate art and reality TV, throwing one's life at the altar of drugs and antisocial behavior. Pink Floyd's great analogy Americans have become comfortably numb like never before. So much so, some observers, distraught over Western public's dormancy in the face of a pending catastrophic global war, that'd be World War III or the Battle of Ezekiel 38. There's a pending catastrophic war on the horizon. But the Americans are utterly unaware International sources are calling on Vladimir Putin to scare the Americans awake because they are blissfully asleep. And, and that is the condition of the country right now. The United States, this is Putin's comments himself. Putin said this in his speech to the Russian Federal Assembly in March of 2018. The United States simply has no resources other than turning on the printing presses, which is what we're doing right now and completely bankrupting itself in the process. It has no other resources with which to counter Russian military advances. But here's the point. Russians know this, and Putin's speech was not about threatening the U.S., which for all intents and purposes is simply defenseless against Russia's latest fifth-generation hypersonic weapons. The United States is defenseless. Russia does not have the objective of destroying the United States. Okay, I would, dis I would sort of disagree with that 
bit of propaganda, but that yes. was in the book. Russia's actions are dictated for one reason. It's the equivalent of pulling a gun on a drunken man who's out of control, knife wielding and, and a bully in a bar to get him to pay attention to the ramifications and personal dangers of his further actions. It seems this is the only way Russia feels it can deal with the United States. I mean, this is, this is astonishing. This is how the Russians view us. A knife wielding, out of control, drunk in a bar who's outgunned. And if we don't sit down and quit it, they're going to take us down and we'll be done. And so, you know, hard as it is to believe, the world looks at us and, well, once the veil of our propaganda and the myth of our of our per perennial dominance of the world is removed, you see a country that's basically exhausted itself. There's, if, if we continue to run the deficits the way we have, there'll be no discretionary spending left in the 2030 budget. So, you know, we are literally, you're seeing the signs of a declining power, which for all intents and purposes has already lost the arms race of the new century. Mm despite maintaining the edifice of a military superpower. We're, we're maintaining the appearance of a military superpower, but we've lost the military advantage because of our hubris, because of our pride, and our inability to look at the future objectively. At the foundation of our deception is the fundamental systemic crisis of liberalism and its most dangerous iteration the American version of globalism, a dystopia which didn't take into account the fact that the peoples of other countries really prefer to retain their own historic, cultural, and, and political outlook. For that, many have been working tirelessly to do so. And they really want to bring an end to a Western-imposed system which will eventually be turned back upon itself. We are literally at the end of this yes. empire. We're at the end of the deception. We're at the end of the card game. The shell game is over. There is no P. And all that's left to do is to bankrupt the currency, which is in full force in effect. Same time, this, the system is shutting down. Frank, you, you the statistic you just cited, because of the chip shortage that's impacting all types of manufacturing products, they're not going to be producing cars after the end of the summer. We have a concrete shortage. We now have rebar and steel shortages. We're experiencing shortages of everything. That's why I told you before the show, price is no longer the issue. Question is, can you get delivery? Can you exactly. hire the, the person to do the work or can you get the product delivered? Benjamin, the other day we went, I went to order, we went to order for a customer, common Dell laptop, 34 days lead time, 34 days. 
in business world, that's very tough to get by on and survive. And, and, and brother, I'll tell you what, I, there's so much I wanted to talk to you because you've sent me some videos and, and that you, you've talked about Russia. We haven't even gotten into what you're now talking about China, which controls all the electronics and chips. It's affecting everything. Brother, did you see Jeff Nyquist's interview on um, what is it? The health ranger there about a week uh, ago on China. I took copious notes. Blue, yeah, I saw it. I thought it was excellent. Blue uh, folks. I, I don't just go look up Jeff Nyquist on the uh, uh, what's his name? The health ranger guy, uh, Mike Adams, Mike Adams. Yes. It was a week ago. That is a must absolute must watch video. And, and, and I could go on the video from the show utopia on the predictive programming about this virus. I mean, it, what is happening right now is such a vomit of, of mass destruction and information that's coming at us, trying to warn us. And it's like nobody in the church hardly or in the religion is, is even awake. It's like, we are numb. As you said, comfortably numb the frontal lobes. We have put up this anhedonic state. And unless we can find something to break through that anhedonia that we're all in and with some other huge dopamine blast, we just sit there almost like zombies. And you know what I mean? It's, it's horrible. What's going on. Well, the astonishing thing is that, you know, we began to see leaks of the Fauci emails. We began to see uh, leaks of the, the reality that this was a bioweapon that came from a lab. You know, was it intentional or what, do we just accidentally detonate a bioweapon? Right. It happens all the time. And of course, it was all by design. And I mean, just the fact that this whole, you know, this pandemic crisis, it was released in the world in the fall of 2019. Well, why, why is that significant? Well, um, probably the greatest pandemic the world's ever seen was the Black Plague of the 14th century, which uh, began in 1346 around the shores of the Black Sea, rats coming up ashore. Uh, and, and then the plague ravaged Europe for seven years, ultimately extinguishing itself in the summer to the fall of 1353. And then 666 years later, which is an interesting number, right? If you're looking at the significance of events, 666 years later, we had the COVID pandemic in 2019. I mean, does that not tell you everything you need to know? Absolutely. And then the lockdown occurred on March 22nd, 2020 on the third day of the new Chaldean year in the 70th year of America Babylon. And the conclusion of that 70th year was March of 2021, which is now we've begun the judgment cycle. And, and you know, if, if you look in the background, I, I'm sure you've listened to Ice Age Farmer, Frank, you know, Christian, oh, does a great job. I, yeah, he's amazing. Yeah. Does a great job explaining that, you know, the, the grand solar minimum is real. We're, we've already seen a reduction in average growing days north of the 45th parallel, which is basically the middle of Idaho. And all the way into the wheat fields of Canada, we've had a 20% reduction in the last year. There's going to be dramatic reduction in food production across this planet as we go into sort of a mini little ice age. 
you know, even though we're getting extreme heat right now, which is being engineered by such, you know, wonderful technology that can, you know, uh, control those kind of things. But, but the overall system is actually tending towards a cooling right now and a dramatic decline in food production. So what do we do? We have a massive pandemic and, and we destroy the economy. We shut the economy down and we shut down tons of food production. And, and while we're at it, let's have a massive drought. And oh, why don't we just empty the reservoirs in California and flush all the water into the sea so that we don't have five years of water reserves that way we can hit the water crisis head on early. Let's get a jump start on that drought. I mean, this is what's going on. So does, I can't understand how people can even wonder, you know, gee, how close are we to the day of the Lord? Well, the judgment is in process. We're not talking about it anymore. We're watching it. And it's, it's accelerating. And you may remember when the, the Lord spoke, actually, Shouted would be more accurate. Summer is coming soon. Tell my people to clean their houses. I thought a bomb went off in my bedroom. I was asleep at the word summer. But, but by the time the myrrh part of some myrrh was spoken, I was wide awake. And I literally thought a bomb went off in my, in my bedroom. It was 130 decibels. Summer is coming soon. Tell my people to clean their houses. And this was in November, a couple of years back. Winter was just starting. I thought, what an odd thing. You know, and I never got called out for being a false prophet on that one, Frank. I would have thought I would have, you know, the, the, the false prophet patrols would have been there. You know, Benjamin, you know, that summer wasn't the one that changed us. No, it wasn't. God gave us advance warning by years. But from the way things are looking, the summer that is going to begin in Four more days, it's going to be a serious one, especially I, I, if all these things wrap up in the fall. I agree. And and folks, that leads us kind of to the where we're going to go in the second part of this show, because there is an episode on the Remnant Call. You got to go back and hear if you've never heard it. Uh, because this is kind of the culmination of the fall. This is the of the United States. And there's a show called The Second Exodus. It is a biblical event that is in the Bible. Most believers have no idea it exists. It's spoken of twice in the book of Jeremiah. He, and if the Lord repeats the same words in two different places, two times, literally a whole paragraph about, you need to listen to that because he wants you to understand that you got to listen to that show. Um, and, and because it, the question, as I said at the beginning of the show, Benjamin, and I'm sure you get the same question. People want to know, when should I leave? Well, I folks, the the question, the answer has been the same. If you've ever known Benjamin, I've known you, Benjamin, since 1999. Uh, and I met him personally back in 99. And he's always said the same thing. You need to hear from the Lord. And that is a truth for this hour. And brother, I want to bring in the Johnson family because they heard from the Lord when it was their time to leave. And you were talking to me the other day. We may all end up down in Panama, you know, one day on the way over, but that's not the end. And we're, that's going to be a passing eventually because we're all hoping to head towards, you know, the King's highway and over into Jerusalem and, uh, and, and all that stuff. And that's another show for not tonight, but I want to bring the Johnson family on. They are down in Panama doing a bang, what the Lord has told them to do in preparing a place, uh, you know, a, a, a Jacob, uh, or, or excuse me, like, um, not like Jacob, excuse me, uh, his, his son, 
um, when he went to captivity in Egypt, Joseph uh, preparing for what was coming. They are doing a Joseph style ministry down there. And so I want to bring the Johnson family on here with us. Um, Johnson, are you there? Can you, can you come on with us? All right. We're going to bring Rhonda and Bruce in and the whole family. Are y'all there? Yes. Yes. We're here. Oh, praise, praise God. Hallelujah. Wow. That was incredible. Yeah. That, that word. Wow. Just to hear what's going on. And I, and I was looking at the parallels of what's going on in interpersonal relationships, even down here. Yeah. Amen. And, and, and that's, that was a sneak peek of Benjamin's next program that's coming out and we want to make sure we get that out, but thanks Benjamin for sharing some of that. But I know Benjamin, you're the one who first introduced the Johnsons to me and said, you know, we really need to support these people. And out of all the times I've never known, I've ever known Benjamin, I can think of two things maybe you've ever told me to support. And that's right. the Johnson family and the the children, the 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 orphans, answer the and, call and answer the yeah. call. Yep. So, Benjamin, if he tells me to support somebody, that's because it's passionate. And I've known him this long that I've only can remember it twice that you really wanting to get behind somebody. So, um, thank you for that. And and with that, I want to bring the Johnsons. We got you on. Tell us what you know. You guys went down there. Um, I guess how many years has it been now? It's been almost exactly three years, almost to the day, almost to the day, three years. You all left, packed up. You had a business going. You had everything going. You were preparing for the end times, things like that. And then the Lord basically told you that you needed to leave. And that's what we've have an episode that has that information on there. But now what's been going on lately down there? Because I know that your part of your all's calling has been that Joseph style of ministry down there. Share with us what's going on right now in Panama and in your ministry down there. Well, first of all, we um, when we first got here, there was uh, an opportunity to um, to get some land that we, you know, we looked into. That it was, and, and it just didn't come together, and we were really discouraged. Um, but the Lord was still working. There were so many great things going on. The Lord, we were getting to pray for the sick, give out Bibles, you know, be, do the missionary work of the Lord. Um, and so we kind of, and, you know, building the end times, going back into preparation, learning about preparations, learning where to buy, uh, access things here, uh, where to, where and how to build uh, for not out of fear, but just out of being led by the Holy Spirit Um to do exactly what the Lord says, because we aren't under the impression, any impression that a can of tuna is going to save us. However, if the Lord tells you to buy or he provides it, that's a whole different thing. That's that walking lockstep with the Lord. And as we kept our eyes on the things of the Lord, he began to add things to us. And little by little, we heard you know, through working with and obeying the Lord and help um, visiting those in jail, helping the, the widow and the fatherless, um, uh, uh, helping with uh, child trafficking that we found going on in here, down here. 
through that, we uh, the Lord spoke to someone and said to deed us 10 acres. And we have 10 acres of hidden valley um, Panamanian land that um, we just marked off and we just went down there with our hands and dug a well on. So that that's what's going on. I, I mean, we've watched God. You know, it's like I say, it's very, uh, very interesting. Our, our mission of who we are from a character standpoint hasn't changed a lot of times. In fact, we were here about a year and a half and, and we we're really uh, struggling financially. And uh, we ran into a couple that saw us in the first two, three months as we were, you know, excited and trying to uh, get our residencies. And they said, they, they looked at us and said, wow, you're still here. We thought you'd be gone. Most people come and it's just not their cup of tea. And so they, they go back or something else. They you know people came down to get away from uh, a former president uh, way back in uh, about eight, uh, get away from uh, President Obama. And they thought what he was going to do. And, and others came down for, uh, for other reasons. And they'd, they'd go back. And we said, we weren't, we didn't do that to get away from anything. We heard what the Lord said and he, we did it, even though we had nothing when he told us. Yeah, and this was important because, as you said earlier, earlier, hear from the Lord, people. If he says stay at home and drill or build a dig a well in your basement of your house, then you ought to have a shovel down there right now. Don't Amen. put one more day off. Because you will be a light at the end time here or when the next whatever catastrophic events occur. And if he says to pack up and, and take off to any other place, country or whatever, and you have nothing, there is no excuse to disobey the Lord when it comes to this. Yes. Do not seek to save your life. You'll lose it. And that's one of the hardest things, even for us. As we go through a day-to-day living, and we say, "What do we? What do we do? How do we? What, should we do this to try to make this?" Then the Lord would say, "No, I want you to divorce from Mammon, but we have to have money to do this." He goes, "I will provide. And I will make the provision available. And it's but so true. obey me." And it's so true because none of these decisions that you are going to make in these last times can be made with the knowledge of good and evil that what you must do is walk in the walk in the um in the knowledge of what you know with god it is your relationship with god so if he says stay in the boat you stay in the boat if he says come out walk on water then go walk on water you have to do exactly what you're told but that requires killing off the flesh that requires fasting and praying. That requires sometimes sacrifice, sometimes discomfort, sometimes doing without, loss. and sometimes loss, saying, well, I have to give this up to do what you said. Um, and as we've done that, the rewards have been huge, not so much material rewards but his voice becoming clearer and clearer with each step it's so amazing i wouldn't trade anything you know we we don't live at um we don't have a cereal aisle 
that's you know almost a mile long here we have maybe few uh, a few things to to choose from the other day we rejoiced because we found a can of a and w root beer and we were like oh my gosh look what we found <laughs> i mean like you don't you don't that that becomes actually a treat you know what i mean and so and you're ex- exorbitantly thankful when you see it so that has changed us in ways that are that have literally squashed the flesh and realizing what's really important is following our father and feeling his pleasure in what we're doing and him opening the doors it's been really powerful it really has and and just to be the, the need has become so great when when we hear of what's how, how even access to so many uh, basics have been have been limited yeah. for people, and so you know, and, and and here I guess if I'm if I'm correct, the, the government has helped those in the pandemic with a, a a couple hundred dollars a month or maybe less, and and we're listening to what this, what's happening in the states, and just th- that's that's the reality here, and so whenever we have a chance. Whatever we have, the Lord says, give it, give yep. it, do do it, do that work. And as difficult as it is sometimes, it's such a reward, such a blessing to be able to walk away going, wow, that could be the last meal I have. But that's okay, because I carried out what the Lord said to do to help them. You know, when you give and you look at each other and go, I guess we're fasting this week. <laughs> you know, that's, that, it, that's really, it doesn't become a a hard thing anymore you become actually you know more aware of what the spirit is doing and then you become you get in lockstep with what the spirit is doing and that's such a privilege but that privilege doesn't come through opulence i found uh, it doesn't come through comfort it comes through obedience it comes through obedience and that obedience is born out of your absolute adoration and your love for your father uh, there we have developed a new love a deeper love that i'm not sure we could have developed without obedience right right and that that's been uh, one of the key to our family survival. The understanding this this is this is what the Lord's called us to do to obey Him, whether here or wherever we are. We are. We just happen. This is where we are. So it, it that has been the uh, the rewarding the joy. So we've been called to build this Joseph ministry. We have this first step. We have the land that was given to us and we're standing on this land looking. I mean, it is beautiful. It is it. It's in a valley. You stand there and there's nothing but green all around you. And you see mountains all around you. You see the valley, you know, you're in a valley. So you see 360 degrees of of mountains around you in this hidden valley up in in the mountains of Panama with this perfect temperature you feel like oh my gosh this is this is this is beautiful and we still don't have what's necessary it's like okay Lord said to get it done with 
kind of get used to that. Yeah. The Lord said, do this. Okay. So helping situations that require uh, means that we don't have. And right. it's like the Lord has always, and I know a lot of people out there can, can identify with this. He's always, he's always provided when obedience, uh, when we walk in obedience. Yep. Amen. And, and so a part of your ministry and folks like they're saying is they're not just down there trying to provide for themselves some type of a bunker. They're actually preparing a place for others. Yes. And I think that's beautiful. And um, I, I want to support that because it's important that people take a step of faith and we, and we need to know people because I, I appreciate that I have friends in Panama. I really do. That's a nice feeling. I'm glad to know that and that are actively thinking about the remnant and uh, folks. And when I say remnant, I'm not talking about some cult group. I'm talking about those who are called out. Yeah. And that's all of us that really want to take that step in faith. And, and one of the thing, questions I have for you all, Johnson family, are you, are you okay with people that have had questions and want to know and what it's like in Panama to reach out to you guys? You're, you're okay with that, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. So, and I know you are. What's the best? And I just wanted to confirm that. But what's the best method for somebody to try to get a hold of you all and oh, it wants to reach out? Maybe they've, maybe the Lord's been laying on their heart that they oh, want yeah. to come to Panama. Is it through Facebook or is, I mean, how's the best way? Facebook probably would be the best. Probably me, Rhonda C. Johnson uh, on Facebook. Um, and uh, yeah. I'm so busy working um, part of what builds is working um, social media for other ministries. I, it's, it's hard for me to build our own, to have time to build our own. So probably that would be your best bet to get to me. Okay. Amen. And, and uh, I appreciate that. Benjamin, did you want to say something here about that? Well, yeah, I'm just excited that you guys are with us on Remnant Call. And, and um, you know, Frank, you, you're right. I'm, I, don't, I don't promote very many ministries. I only promote ministries that I've been confirmed in, that they're truly of the Lord. And, and I know I've known uh, Bruce and Rhonda for, well, a lot of years at this point. I don't remember exactly how many, but we've been... We've been close friends. Uh, we've been prayer warriors together. Uh, these are people that are called of the Lord. And they really are uh, opening a door, building an ark, if you will, creating a refuge for the remnant that will be leaving the United States. And, you know, in, in so many ways, the God's ways are not our ways and the scripture tells us, you know, do not despise the dip, small beginnings. What looks like a small thing uh, inevitably becomes very large when the Lord is in it. And I know the Lord is, is in the ministry that Bruce and Rhonda have in, in Panama. And it's not just an outreach to feed the poor, to preach the gospel, to heal the sick, to visit and, in, and to help those that are in prison falsely. But it, it's also to make a way, if you will, uh, for what will soon, uh, following World War III, it, it will be an, an immediate migration mm -hmm. yeah. of, of survivors from the United States 
who, because of the devastation coming, you know, and a lot of Americans just cannot even imagine uh, the country being utterly desolate, so much so that no one will remain here. Um, but that's exactly what the scripture declares. None will remain. And, and go read Jeremiah 15, 51. And, and the Lord repeats this statement like seven times. Because we don't get it. You know, God's word goes in one ear and out the other. We're like a bunch of dumb kids. The Lord has to repeat himself. And he repeats himself seven times on this point. No man shall remain. It even talks about uh, not even the animals will stay. The land will be utterly desolate. And it says in Jeremiah 50 verse 3, they shall remove. They shall depart, both man and beast. And you know, I know it's hard to comprehend, but the bioweapons, the nuclear weapons, and the absolute destruction of the war that will take place on this soil, the, the nation will be uninhabitable. It'll be too contaminated, and the survivors will be believers. The wicked are being uprooted out of the earth, and the righteous will remain. And the, the righteous will all have turned to the Lord with all of their hearts. The war will have brought repentance unseen before in most of their lives, you know, in, in a way that only suffering can do. And, and the war is going to bring hardship. The days of ease are ending for all of us. But in that place, the people will be looking to the Lord for guidance. And, and you know, in, in Jeremiah 50, um, verse 4, the scripture declares, In those days and at that time, saith the Lord, the people of God will come and they will go and they will seek the Lord and they will ask the way to Zion. Nobody's going to be staying in, in what will be left in the United States. People are going to be looking for how do we get to Zion? Well, for the saints of God who live in the Western half of the United States, we're probably going to be leaving by boat and you're not going to want to stop in Mexico. You know, that's not going to be a safe country to be in if you're an American. Americans will make their way to Central America. And that we will make our way through the countries of Costa Rica, Panama, you know, Peru, and, and on our way to the Atlantic and on our way to Zion, to the wilderness of Zion. And, you know, Frank, like you said, most Christians are totally unaware that there's a second exodus planned. But it is God's plan to move all of his people out of all countries. And, you know, that, what's my authority for that? Well, let's just take you over to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah, the last chapter, verse six, chapter 66, uh, verse 20, and they shall bring all of your brethren. Okay, that word in Hebrew is kol, and I researched it carefully, and the word all actually means all, every single one of them. All of your brethren for an offering unto the Lord out of all of the nations, Upon horses, chariots, leaders, mules, every available means of transportation will be used to take the remnant of God to the mountain of Jerusalem and to the mountain of Zion to bring an offering in a clean vessel. By then, the remnant will have fully repented, have been fully sanctified. So this global migration of God's people is eminent. It will follow the, the conclusion of the War of Ezekiel 38, and the Johnson family, they're just part of the preparations that God is making. The Lord's using them to prepare for some of the remnant that will be coming out of the United States. And, you know, for those of us who have financial means, 
who want to invest in the things of the kingdom of God, I would encourage you to pray about helping the Johnson family build a refuge for the, the refugees coming from America. And, you know, it's kind of hard for Americans to think of themselves as refugees, but uh, if the shoe fits, you're going to wear it. And, you know, we're going to be leaving. And, you, you know, you're not taking your gold card with you because the American banking system will be gone. The American dollar will be worthless. Your American credit cards will be of absolutely no value. And your American money won't be accepted anywhere. It'll be Confederate money. So, you know, we'll be traveling by faith. And, you know, to the extent you've got the faith, um, pray about making a, a sizable contribution to the ministry of the remnant under the stewardship of Bruce and Rhonda Johnson. And, you know, we're, I work with a ministry that does a lot of orphanage work and, and we do a lot of outreach work to help the, the poor as well. And, and that's answer the call international, which uh, Leah is sort of the, she was the founder and we've answer the call international has adopted the Johnson family and, and we've adopted their ministry in Panama and so if you want to make a tax deductible contribution, if that is meaningful to you, um, you can make a donation to Answer the Call International and just designate uh, that the donation is for the refuge in Panama. And we will pass the funds through 100 percent to the ministry that the Lord has called Bruce and Rhonda to. And, and I, I want to comment about that 100 percent, folks, you don't understand this Passing 100% is something you can rarely find, and that's why I belong to a missionary group that I don't personally ever mention because I, I, I try to keep that. Started. But I, the reason I belong to them is because the funds go 100%. The, coming through here and knowing that your funds are going to go there is a blessing. Do you know that groups like United Way, it's 85% just for their overhead. So answer the call is a type of ministry that your money's actually going to go to the field. It's actually going to reach the person. So Benjamin, I just wanted to say right. that because that's not always the case with so many different places well, the thing is frank with answer the call um we do have a number of, of volunteers we've got even people that work you know practically full-time and nobody takes a salary uh, everybody that works for answer the call donates their time uh we've we've sent numbers of people you know groups have gone to uh the third world countries our first outreach was in india we also have uh, orphanage outreaches in a number of other countries and the, the staff here in the United States that are the people that are basically running answer the call. Um, every time they travel international, it's all at their own expense. They're not reimbursed for anything. And so the funds that do come in go straight to building uh, orphanages and taking care of um, these beautiful little children that belong to the Lord and, you know, praise God. I mean, you're right. There's a lot of ministries that basically waste people's money that have huge overhead. There's a lot of ministries that are really, they're not missionaries, they're vacationaries. And, you know, I'm serious. Uh, it's not, it's really not funny. It's actually kind of sad. I, um, so true. There was, yeah. To give you an example, I, I was actually closely affiliated with a, a missionary outreach into Africa 
that had some problems come up and there were people that were you know, threatening to literally file criminal complaints against this ministry for fraud. And I know, so I intervened and became sort of the person to, to try to resolve this dispute. And so we began to investigate, just literally just asking questions. How many months a year was this ministry actually doing anything on the ground in, in the countries of Africa where they were working as missionaries? Well, it turned out that between three months of fundraising every summer in the United States, a month for Christmas in London, because the husband was British, and then they had have another month for second Christmas in Sweden, because the wife was from Sweden. So they had to have, you know, both families had to be visited for a month in the fall holidays and three months in the States. And then another several months flying all over the world to raise more money. Um, it turned out that the ministry was actually doing about 100 hours a year of actual missions work in Africa. 100 hours a year. And, um, you know, when I learned that, uh, when that got discovered and uncovered, you know, the thing resolved itself without com criminal complaints being filed. But um, I had to stop supporting that ministry. You know, I, I thought it was a great ministry. But when I realized they were spending, they were raising money and spending a quarter of a million dollars a year to ultimately produce 100 hours of, of mission work on the ground. Well, that to me is not sowing into a good, into good soil. What Bruce and Rhonda Johnson are doing, and the whole Johnson family, really, shout out to Rini and her brothers and sisters. The whole family's been called by the Lord. And so, you know, it's the exact opposite, you guys. They, they are laboring to feed the poor, to clothe the naked, to, to provide shelter and relief to the homeless, and to to intervene on the part of prisoners that are in jail. They're, they're even, they're doing amazing things with next to nothing. And so, you know, I, I'm blessed to be able to stand with them. And, and I, and I want to bring that to your attention as well, because, you know, we don't have a lot of opportunities to make financial contributions to ministries that are making a difference. And Bruce and Rhonda Johnson, and, and their entire family are making a huge difference on the ground in Panama. Amen for that. So folks, thank you so much. And Johnson family, we love you all. Uh, just you're, they're a big family of bundle of love with a whole lot of kids who obeyed the command to be fruitful and multiply. So thank you for that. And uh, they all went down to Panama because God said to go and, and folks, we want to do that. Whether it's Panama, whether it's Australia, where, I mean, hopefully not there, wherever the Lord leads you, we want you to go. And if it's to stay right here in the United States, until it you know for a little bit longer then we want you to do whatever god wants you to do but make sure that you are testing the spirits to know that it's from the lord he will confirm it uh you are allowed benjamin you always stress this through the years always allowed to ask for a second witness because the bible says out of the mouth of two or more witnesses shall all things be confirmed but god will confirm his word and where he wants you to be we just need to trust in him so i want to say thank you the johnson fa family thank you to brother benjamin johnson do you want to say anything as we close here 
Thank you guys so much that I mean, you made us sound like superheroes. We we just are sim- seriously simple followers of Jesus. And that's what we want to encourage other people. Just follow. Do exactly as he says. It's amazing the miracles you can walk in when you do exactly what he says. And the door he opens to help those that need Absolutely. And sometimes you got to step out, folks, off the boat into the stormy seas so that you can watch the Lord say, peace, be still. But if you stay on the boat like Jonah did in the bottom, don't be don't be surprised when fear overcomes you. It is time to step out in faith and let God lead. Folks, God bless you, Johnson family. God bless you, Brother Benjamin. We'll put the links up to how to get to um, support the Johnson family in the show link underneath. And uh, like Benjamin said, you can just simply tag that money when you donate there, and they'll make sure 100% of it gets down to them. And so with that, this is Brother Frank, the Johnson family, and Brother Benjamin on the Remnant Call saying to everybody, Good night and shalom. Trumpet in Zion, sound